Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. Thank you so much for being with us here. If you're watching on the stream, thank you for being with us here on a Tuesday night. We are extremely excited to be here. We're excited to be here for a lot of reasons, one of which is it's award season, which is the most wonderful time of the year. Don't let... Um, who who's a who's a Christmas Christmas singer? Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. Harry uh, Connick. Don't let them tell you different. This is Bing the Crosby. most wonderful time of the year. Being Crosby. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, this is the most wonderful time of the year because we get to just watch movies all the time. And when my wife is like, "Why are you watching all these movies?" I'm like, "Shh, it's award season." This is important. I don't actually do that. She would beat the crap out of me. <laughs> Let's be honest. She'd be like, um, I'm sorry. No. It's, That's right. It's, uh, it's award season, though, and I am I have been watching movies like crazy. What about you, Kirk? Have you been, have you been down in the movies lately? I have. I have uh, lots of bad movies. I don't know why. Oh, no. I, <laughs> to balance out the good ones in the world, I'm, I'm not cleanse. quite sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just got to test my, my skills, right? Got to see, like... Is this a good movie? Yeah, make sure you're no. staying sharp. Just got to throw in like Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf and be like, do I think this is good? <laughs> yes, Eagle Eye, The Kitchen. Um, what no, a, what never, did we never watch? Never again with The Kitchen. Never uh. again. <laughs> Been down that road. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is great. I, I love award season. I woke up the other day and, and was just like, wow, the Oscars are two weeks away. You know, I was just, that was over the weekend that I had that epiphany and i just got so excited i'm so excited i I love the oscars i know it's going to be weird this year i assume you know it seems like it's going to be multiple studios virtual whatever you know with the other award show that sucks but with the oscars it's still the oscars it still has the prestige it still has you know this is the one award show you can get really hyped for that's right that's right it's crazy that you say that you know we're two weeks away when really it should have been i know normal world (laughs) Two months ago, yeah, two months ago. So, I'm just, I'm just struggling here to grasp that concept. I know, I'm man. I know. We're in the home stretch, though. We're, we're, we're rounding the final turn, and we're ready to go. Um, we are reviewing a movie that is nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. A little film called Minari, and I think we've covered most of the Best Picture nominees so far in our reviews. Uh, we haven't reviewed The Father. And, um, you know, I think, I honestly think that might be it unless I'm misremembering, but we're reviewing Minari. So we'll be able to check another Oscar best picture off your list. And then we've got some news to dive into as well. Um, not as crazy as last week, but we do have some, some big stories to cover that I'm very, very excited about. And if you're uh, if you listen to the podcast from Monday, that was our uh, spilled popcorn recap and analysis on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is capturing the attention of people around the world. Um, it's been one of the most well received shows in the entire Disney Plus catalog to date, which sort of took me by surprise. When WandaVision seems so successful, The Mandalorian obviously successful, but The Falcon and the Winter Soldier got off to a better start from a viewership standpoint than either of those. Um, so what are your thoughts on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far? 
Well, I have to say I am much happier with the series as a whole after episode four. Yeah. Uh, I think that episodes one through three and a half, because at the second half of episode three, we really got rolling. So I think that when uh, when I look at, at it back, it's going to have that Age of Ultron effect, right? Yeah. So it's going to say, oh, man, I don't see where it fits in. And then we're going to get like three years down the line and be like, look what they laid into these first couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier had a leg up as well because WandaVision was so successful that people were ready for the next one. Yeah, for sure. And I think, to your point, a little slower out of the gate, but all signs are pointing in the right direction for that show and all signs point toward episode five being an absolute barn burner of an episode. It's supposed to have a runtime of 61 minutes. They're teasing a new unannounced character to appear uh, played by an award-winning actor. So if you haven't watched the Falcon and the winter soldier, here is our official recommendation to go do that real quick before Friday. So you don't get spoiled. And then while you're doing it, check in with us on YouTube or on a podcast provider to get our recap of each episode. Cause we dropped some, I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but we dropped some nuggets in there. We dropped some real, some real good ones. Hey, listen, if we're not right on these now, we'll be yes. right in the future. Right. And Marvel is listening to every one of these episodes. I think so. And they're taking the ideas. Look for us in the credits. We won't even know that we're in there cause there's so many and they're so long, but we will be added to uh, the list of credits for all the future MCU films. It would, it would behoove them to take some of our advice. Our speculation's pretty good. Just saying. That's right. Um, I was joking around with some people on Twitter the other day when in this thread where people were trying to guess who the big character reveal was going to be. And somebody commented that it was going to be, Red Wing as an actual Falcon because that happens in the comics. In the oh. comics, Falcon has like a telepathic link to an actual Falcon who's Red Wing. Um, and I was like, yeah, that would be a total Marvel move to like bring in a real Falcon and like play it off as like it's an award winning Falcon. That was the joke that I made. Because um, they like after what they did with us with WandaVision being like, oh, man, there's this huge uh, new character, and then it ended up being Paul Bettany, like, himself. Yes. Like, that was such a troll that I just do, I have trust issues now. I have, like, deep-seated trust issues. Man, if it's some kind of animal, I don't even know what I'll do. I I almost feel like it would be better now if they just troll us one more time because it's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And. I feel like then I would just totally never trust them again. And it would, it would be a relief for me if it was just like, Oh, yep. They trolled us again. Then it's like, anytime they plant these seeds, I'm just not going to take the bait. At least I would like to think that I would learn my lesson after a second violent trolling. I don't know. No, we we would do the same thing. (laughs) We would absolutely fall for it. We probably would. We probably would be like, Oh my gosh, do you think it's going to be Namor? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll be fun. But if you guys haven't checked out The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or you're skeptical about it, I think now is the right time to jump on board. You can buzz through the first four episodes and catch up right in time for the back half of the show. So um, that's that's been a lot of fun, and we're excited to wrap that up. Um, I have to say, I was re-watching our Spilled Popcorn episode four, and that yes. was... It, we recorded it on Sunday, which was yes. after um, our collective family celebrated Easter. Um, and I had a lunch that comprised primarily of jelly beans and, (laughs) and mac and cheese. And then we had pizza for dinner and it is written all over my face and you can hear it in my voice. It's like, 
I look so low energy. It's so bad. It's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. I need to I need to make an edit of that because seriously, there are like times during that episode where I'm like <laughs> it's like so obvious that I have crossed the sugar done? threshold for the day. Um, oh man. I tell you, uh, we also, we've talked about this before because we have been doing this for more than a year and every, every year on Easter, uh, minus last year, we do an adult Easter egg hunt, right? Where, because we are children, because we are children. Yes. We, we deserve our Easter egg hunt more than our children who are 12 and under, uh, you know? I don't, I think that's very fair. And so we went hard, all of us. Oh, man. Uh, so the, 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 uh, the grandparents, if you will, uh, they lay out the eggs for us. There's cold, hard cash in those eggs. Cash we money. Get ready. We line up survivor style and we race towards these 100 eggs laden in play rock uh, yep. of a playground. Playground, yep. My thighs, it's Tuesday. That was Sunday afternoon. My thighs are still burning. Bro, straight I, up. You can't just go from not running for an entire year to sprinting as hard <laughs> as you can. Like that, you're going to tear an ACL. Actually, I woke up on Monday morning and my Achilles tendons hurt. I, I kid you oh. not. I was walking down the stairs and I was like, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. Yeah. I mean, simple tasks like um, putting on shoes. Uh, Impossible. Pick- picking up toys behind children like it's it's terrible i almost i almost fall over every every chance right. that i that i attempt here so uh pray for me uh pray, pray yeah for my yeah thighs. thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers for <laughs> for kirk's calves and thighs after the easter egg hunt but also yeah because we're only two days removed so i can still feel the burn a little bit um yeah. But I would also say it, it was good to get a reminder that like the stage of my life where i can just eat tons of sugar with no consequences is is abruptly over i had a headache i had a sugar headache is that a thing i got home and my head was throbbing i was like what has happened and i think it's just the sweet tart jelly beans they got me define consequences because i see that as a as a pro i don't know why. i mean i also (laughs) gained two pounds so it's like you know you go back and forth i would i do it again Probably because I Absolutely. I don't learn from things and those jelly beans were delicious, um, but yeah maybe next year I should try to rethink that before I just there's, go hard. There's nothing sneakier than Easter candy because, man, you just forget about it. And you do all of a sudden. There's all these wonderful wonderful tart like treats. It's a good it's a good point because I feel like when you think of candy holidays. You think of things like, at least for me, you think Halloween, obviously. That is like Mm -hmm. the king candy holiday. You think Christmas, probably. There's always some candy in the stockings. Yes. And then I kind of think Valentine's Day, even though Valentine's Day is kind of a fart noise of a holiday in general. It's just like, it's the worst. Um, But you don't ever, I don't, I don't ever, like to your point, I don't ever think Easter. It sneaks up on you. And there is so much candy at Easter, dude. So Mm -hmm. much. Chocolate bunnies. Those little like Reese's cup chocolate eggs. It's it's wild. We prepare ourselves all year long to uh, pace ourselves through the winter, right? And then spring hits, and we get the Easter bunny, and we all gain two pounds. Yeah, seriously, in, in one day. It's it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. So I need to I need to make a mental note of that. I need to like set an alarm for next year. Like, don't eat too much candy, you fat lard. Beware you will hate Easter yourself. Is coming. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Well, I had to talk about that because I thought it was hilarious. Like if you guys have not watched the YouTube video from Spilled Popcorn, you should go back and watch and see how much of a sugar coma I am in during that episode. But it did not impact my brainwaves. My insights were still cash. So, um, you know, at least that was kept intact. But we've got some movies. We got a movie to review later this episode. We got some news we need to get into. So with your permission... Kirk, I would like to request a popping. Uh, can I pop it up? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Are you requesting? I am if formally. Pop this. Well, hold on, right here. That's right. I have the power to allow you to pop or not. Pop. I figured I'd throw you a bone because I feel like I, I I hold a lot of power in this show. But here you go. Yeah. Well, uh, Cameron, pop it up. Yes, I love that sound. That's the best sound. Oh, and guess what, Kirk? Today I've got graphics. I got graphics. Hold on. You what? I do. Uh, but I also have a mouse, a Bluetooth mouse that's about to die. <laughs> like it's on like five percent battery. The warnings at the top of my screen right now, so it might get weird here in a second. But the first story I want to cover, and I have to, and I have to cover. I feel I feel obligated to cover it. Is mostly for you, Kirk. We have officially another star trek film on the way from paramount yes it was announced this this came i mean this came out of nowhere except for the fact that um we kind of knew that there would eventually be a star trek movie because it's one of those things where it's like this is a big property for paramount this is like one of their biggest ips so at some point they have to make a star trek film there were rumors, remember, we actually talked about it on this podcast, Kirk, that there was going to be this Star Trek film that was going to be directed by Noah Hawley and, yes. and, and written by him. That got shelved. And what's interesting is that the Hollywood, I believe it was the Hollywood Reporter, oh gosh, I don't have it in my notes, but I believe it was the Hollywood Reporter said that that movie and that script was supposed to um, revolve around like a pandemic, like a, like a galaxy-wide Ooh. pandemic. And so they were like, eh, maybe not the time <laughs> for that movie. So that being said, all signs point to this being a totally different movie and not that Noah Hawley movie. Now, what's interesting here, Kirk, is that J.J. Abrams is back to executive produce. Okay? And yes. we had been told, as you painfully recall, I'm sure, Kirk, that... Due to contract issues with Chris Pine and some other actors, we weren't going to get a fourth movie in what they call in Star Trek the Kelvin timeline, which is yes. the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Zaldana timeline. But with J.J. Abrams aboard as E.P. Kirk, don't you think it kind of has to be on that timeline? Oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> because- like it does. It's his baby. He he pulled this out of thin air, you know. He crafted this beautiful timeline uh, along with Chris Pine's uh, beautiful jawline and cheekbones. And let's not leave out Zachary Quinto. I mean, I mean, oh, just a great Spock. I mean, just him. so good. Look at him. I mean, these guys these guys aren't playing around. They're not sitting back seat. They're not. They're they're going hard, as they say. Going hard in, in the, the paint. Biz. Yep. Hard in the paint. That's right. Uh, this this is my dream come true because I know people don't like Star Trek, but this reboot, the Kelvin timeline, really gave people who didn't like it something glorious to watch and glorious to have, and uh, an all around great action action packed film. And 
thoughtful and poignant at times. And when Chris Pine cries, I cry with him every time, every time. Oh, the one scene, what is that into darkness where like he's going to die inside the chamber and he and Spock are like, oh, they man. connect. It hits. And, and Spock feels Kirk's He feels pain. something. Yeah. And then he just go. he chases Khan down. Man, it's so epic. So epic. It is. Um, I have to say, to, to your point, I am not a Trekkie. I'm not. I'll just hand up. I'm not. Okay. It's not one of the nerd fandoms that I'm a member of. And I am a huge fan of this series because to me, it made, and I don't want to get rocks thrown at me for this, but it made Star Trek cool and fun. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed it. And I know that (laughs) some of the like traditional Trekkies really hated um, the second one, which I actually think was the best one in the series personally. So um, there are some mixed emotions around the Kelvin timeline, but I would say, in terms of mass appeal, in terms of cinema, this is the way to go. And I, and I hope that they do it. I think they've got something with this group of people, the Zoe Saldana, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto cast. I mean, it's, it's just money. It's just money. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that Anton Yelchin um, tragically passed away. What a, what a talent. Um, and so it would hurt to not have him along for this ride because he brought so much to this series. But I still think... Um, that is the timeline that people are going to be interested in. And, and, and I'll, speaking personally, that's the timeline I want to see. So I really hope they go that way. And, I mean, I really hope they can somehow bring Chris Hemsworth into this. That was the original. Oh, man, plan. another flashback. Or they can they can do timelines, right? They can do timelines. They They've already done it through. once. Even if it's brief. He doesn't have to be part of the whole film. It can be, I don't know, like a 10-minute segment. I don't Just bring him in somehow. Find a way. If, if it's a flashback or if they cross paths and they, they help each other do whatever, save the galaxy, that's fine. Let's they probably never knew. You know, I bet they kicked themselves. They're like, ah, yeah. we could have had Chris Hemsworth. Because <laughs> uh, right. he's in like 10 minutes of that first movie, which I believe... If I remember correctly, the first movie came out in 2009 and mm-hmm. Thor came out in 2010. So, I mean, they were like right on the precipice of that being even bigger, but he stole the show. Absolutely. Those those first 10 minutes, I mean, it's, it's not even a full 10 minute scene. I yeah, don't it's think, pretty short, but yeah. In the brief time we have, we have Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I was like crying in the it's, theater. Like, yeah, it's awesome. dude, this is good. You know, like I, it's so unexpected. It was really wonderfully crafted. Yes, for sure. So I'll just say, overall, I'm excited about this news. I'll be mostly excited if they stay within the Kelvin timeline. If they go a different route, I'll be intrigued, but not as excited. That's all I have yes. to say there. Um, awesome. Well, that is Star Trek. Uh, the The release date that they're pegging on that one is the is 2023. 2023. So not as far out as you might think for something that was just announced, I would say. Like I was actually like, okay, 2023, that's not that's not terrible. So they'll they'll probably start production early next year if I had to guess. Um, so we should be getting more news very very soon. I think it's also interesting because this really like never happens anymore. Um, they like announced it on their own on their own terms, you know? Like they right. announced it on the Star Trek like website. Uh, so that was kind of cool. It didn't get broken by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving right along. And this is an interesting one, like really interesting. I, I, I wanted to focus on it because I think we'll talk about it for a little while. But Netflix and Sony have struck a massive deal, massive in terms of dollar signs. Um, uh, $1 billion is what they're saying is is the reported value of this deal. And oh, that's you know believed to be over four to five years. So we're talking big, big money. 
And what this deal is, and I want to explain the terminology so everybody knows what I'm saying here. Netflix and Sony have reached a deal that would see all the upcoming Sony films, starting with 2022 projects, come to Netflix during the pay one window, okay? Now, in the film industry, there are different windows that have been determined that uh, people can bid on for availability. So the pay one window is after the theater window and after the home entertainment window. So it usually starts about nine months after the movie has hit theaters, and um, it lasts somewhere around 18 months in general. And this is when you see, like, um, this is usually when uh, networks like Stars and HBO and pay TV networks get access to films, so Netflix is jumping in on that. And in fact, this deal was originally supposed to be with Stars, but they switched it to Netflix. So what that means is any project that's released after 2022 will go to Netflix after it exits theaters and after it exits the home entertainment window. That includes huge projects such as Morbius, um, Uncharted, Bullet Train, uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2, and what we will assume is the future Spider-Man projects. And that's really the big headline stealer here. Um, is that Spider-Man, uh, you know, Netflix will be the streaming home of Spider-Man, which is going to be interesting. Um, some other things about this deal is that um, they have a first look straight to streaming deal. So again, more terminology. What first look means in the, in the entertainment industry is if you sign a first look deal with somebody, it means they get the right to bid on something before it goes out to the masses. So what that means is when Sony makes a movie that is a straight-to-streaming movie, will not go to theaters, then Netflix has the first opportunity to bid on it. If they pass, then Sony can sell it to whoever they want. So mm-hmm. that is also included. So more straight-to-streaming content for Netflix as well. Um, so this is this is big, Kirk. What What's your reaction to this news, and how big of a win do you think this is for Netflix? Or do you even think it's a win? I think it's a massive win. It's a massive win. Sony is a massive, uh, massive big dog in the entertainment industry. Obviously, they've been around forever. Um, I mean, this this kind of crushes uh, Warner Brothers. Not crushes them, but it's a good uh, competitor. Yeah, in, in it is a big blow to it. Yeah, for sure. So. I can see that there are just more things that are hot right now with Sony uh, that are necessarily with um, with Warner Brothers, right? So there's more um, there's more franchises held that are hot with Sony. Uh, so I can see Netflix continuing to be king. You know, I, I, the minds over there are just so stinking brilliant. And you know, a long time ago, I tried to sign us up for. Uh, to become Netflix taggers so we could watch movies and tag things that relate to the movie. And they never return my call, my emails, Rude. anything. Rude. And I still check their their board because, you know, it could be my side hustle. I could just sure. tag movies because I watch all of their movies. But I just want to get in that room with them. I want to be in the room where it happens, where these geniuses make these deals and make these plays. Yeah, I mean, they are they are they always seem to be a step ahead of everybody, don't they? I mean, this is all these other companies are spinning up all these other content creator uh you know institutions are spinning up their own streaming platforms and netflix looks at that and they say how are we going to compete well sony's not spinning up their own thing and they have a really good diverse set of intellectual property 
So let's just buy them. And there were other suitors for sure. You can, you better believe there were other suitors for these movies um, because Sony's, like you said, got a lot in the queue, but Netflix won. And, and I think for me, it's the, it's the range and depth of the content. You know, it's not like, like Sony has Sony Pictures Classic. They have Sony Animation, which Sony Animation is doing some great things. If you look at Into right. the Spider-Verse and they're doing this um, Mitchell's versus the, the monsters or something like that, um, which is a Lord and Miller movie. So it just has a really nice diverse set of films that are going to fit right into that Netflix catalog. The synergies are there. You can see it. Um, I love this deal. I love it. Um, the only thing I hate about it is I feel like I still pull for the Spider-Man buyout from Marvel. I pray for it. I, I want it so bad because I just, I don't want there to be this situation where Spider-Man is like hanging out in the ether and at any time can be stolen away from us. And he should be with Marvel. You know, Marvel is the house that Spider-Man built. He is their guy. And so I, I still want this deal to happen. And this just feels like another hurdle in the way of that. But you have to give credit to Sony. They they are running a really good operation with their content right now. They know what has value and they're getting they're getting their value. They're getting top dollar for, for their IP. So um, this is another feather in their cap, and I think it's a, a win-win for both sides. Sneaky Sony. Sneaky. They're sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, and this is, a, this is definitely a match made in heaven. All right, so that is Netflix and Sony Pictures striking a deal. That's, again, a billion dollars, and it should stretch over the next four to five years. Um, speaking of Netflix... Kirk, there is a little program on Netflix. You may have heard of it. Hmm. It wins all of the awards. It's called The Crown. It's called The Crown. The Crown. And The Crown, we've been waiting to hear when season five is coming because we've, we've gone through seasons one through four. Um, season four, everybody seemed to love. I am not there yet. I, mm-hmm. am, I am in the transitionary period between two and three, and here's why. It's because the cast changes between seasons two and three, and I am so deeply emotionally connected to Claire Foy and Matt yes. Smith at this point um, that I can't bear to lose them. I phys- emotionally, I cannot handle it. So I am rejecting season three for now, but I, I know that I will. there will come a day where I swing back around and get it. Um, yes. But in the meantime, season five of, Net, of Netflix's The Crown, which is the biggest show in the world, basically, um, <laughs> <laughs> will begin filming in July with an all-new cast. And that cast has been pretty much confirmed. Um, there were lots of rumors floating around, but now we've got our cast, and let me lay it on you here. We've got Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana. She was from Tenet. Um, she yes. did an excellent job in that movie. She's been in a number of other projects as well. Dominic West of The Wire fame will be playing Prince Charles. Imelda Staunton, who played Dolores Umbridge in Harry mm-hmm. Potter is playing the queen herself, Queen Elizabeth. And Leslie Manville is playing uh, Princess Margaret. And Jonathan Price, Academy Award nominee Jonathan Price, is playing Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Beautiful. Who recently passed away. Uh, Rest in peace. I really like how they say things in this show. I think that's my main appeal with this show. I, I I like that they say the Duke of Edinburgh. You almost have to cough when you say it. The Duke of Edinburgh. You have to kind of give it that a little bit. And I like how um, I tweeted about this the other day. I really like how 
when they say words that end in L-Y, okay, L-Y, it's almost like they're trying as hard as they can not to make the Y sound, but still make sure people know what word they're saying. So let me give you an example. example? Yes. They'll say like, resolutely. You know, they'll kind of like leave it out there. Um, Claire Foy is a magician at this. I can't do it as well as her, but she, she does that. So Kirk, are you with, are you a fan of the crown? Are you watching it? See, I would like to watch the crown. Um, I, I just, man, I'm stuck in season one. I think they're on a safari tour right now. They're in, yeah, they're doing the Commonwealth tour. That's it. That's where I'm at. Um, I, I really want to move forward with it, but I gotta say I started it late. And I think by the time I got to that episode, I think I had already heard of the cast announcements that there would be different, uh, actors portraying the characters. And I too had reservations. It's a turnoff. It's a turnoff for sure. Everyone gets through it. Uh, apparently, even though the people that have gotten through it are, you know, they're saying, you know, it's a struggle. Um, I'm working through it. You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in sessions about it. (laughs) Yes. I'm talking to people about it. I'm coping with it. Yes. 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 Uh, So I I gotta, I just gotta break through. I gotta, gotta I gotta push past, push past that fear of mine and just, just really settle in and watch it in one weekend. I was stuck. I was stuck in that same place until recently, actually. And I had such a hard time with, um, season one because, the whole first season, historical spoiler alert coming up, so earmuffs if you don't know things about British history. Yep. Um, but the whole season one sort sort of focuses around um, the the king's death, mm-hmm. you know, of, of tragically of tuberculosis. Um, so I knew that that was coming, and so the whole build up to that, I was like, yeah, he's gonna die. Let's just let's move on. So I kind of got got tired of that, but. Um, you know, once I made it through that, it was great. And and you also the Kings played by Jared Harris and he's fantastic. So yeah, he's really fantastic. So it's just a great show. And, and this is one of those things. All your friends are probably, if you're not watching it, you're definitely in the same spot that I was where everybody's like, you have to watch the show. And they get kind of mean about it. Actually, they get like a little bit aggressive with it. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, you shoved me down. I know I did. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm getting violent about it now in public. Um, Gosh. So... That's tough to deal with, but they're right. You know, their 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 methods are wrong. The violence is wrong, but mm-hmm. they're correct about what they're saying. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Okay, that's the crown season five coming your way probably next year if they're just now starting filming in July. Just bracing mm-hmm. you for that reality due to COVID. So due to COVID. Um, okay, next big story we got. This is a sad one. And I hate to be, I hate to get sad, but it's, you know, we've been talking about all, all COVID long. (laughs) Is that thing that people say all COVID long? Yes. Uh, (laughs) We've been talking about the theater industry, right? And, and how much the theater industry has been suffering. And, you know, these big chains were, were going to be going out of business. You know, AMC was filing for bankruptcy, all the, all this stuff, crazy stuff going on. Well, it feels like the first really big domino has fallen as Arc Light and Pacific Theaters um, is permanently closing. Which, if you are watching the stream, you can see the beautiful Cinerama Dome, which is one of the most iconic theaters in all of the world. It's been featured in many, many, many films and sort of is synonymous with cinema and Hollywood. I mean, it's on Sunset Boulevard. It's it's just a, a beautiful sight. 
it, it's included in this. So, um, you know, my assumption is that someone with money will come around and save this theater. But that said, Pacific theaters, Arclight theaters are out of business. Um, so, you know, what we saw with AMC where they, you know, some Reddit investors got to save them with, with their investments. And, um, you know, they, they have the benefit of being a huge corporation with lots of interests. It seems like some of these mid-sized theater chains may not survive. So support your theaters if you can, if you, if you feel safe or if you're vaccinated or if there's any way to do it, it, it this is real. The, the, the theaters are dying and we can't let, we can't let them die. No, no, we really can't. It's, um, man, that hurts. That hurts. We, we kept, we kept seeing that it might be, they might all come back, right? That yeah. they're, they're holding on and what a great story it would be, you know, like 20 years from now, like, oh, I mean, like think of the documentaries about right. the movie theaters played in the movie theaters and it's sad to see them go. It is sad. And, and I, it's, it's, it's even more sad than I imagined. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we find a way to save most of our theaters. And here's what I want to ask you, because this is a story we didn't really get to talk about recently, but Warner brothers is saying that after this year of, you know, doing the in theaters and on HBO max thing, they're done that they're going back to a theater window. Now they're saying that they're going to show their movies exclusively at Regal, I believe Regal theaters, um, which I think the closest one is like 45 minutes away from me. So that sucks, but they are still saying, yeah, (laughs) you're going to move across. Yeah. Uh, but they are saying they're going to return to theaters. Do you buy that? Do you buy that, um, the, the idea that this will just be a one-and-done year for the, for the straight-to-HBO Max stuff? I, yeah, I could see it being two different branches. Uh, you know, there are tier one movies and tier two movies, you know, depending on budget, um, depending on star power, where it's just decided like this is going to, I mean, that would be the old ways, right? Before anything, it was like, this is, this is straight to DVD or straight to streaming, but I can see the, the bigger, the bigger pictures doing it. Ah, man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is tough because I feel like they're back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Back on their word, because think about like, (laughs) When everything first started uh, in 2020 and it was like, all right, we're just going to put two weeks on this. We're going to, we're going to push <laughs> everything back two weeks. We're going to do it. Week and a half passes. We're pushing back one week. We're good. One more week and everything will be fine. Uh, we're pushing everything off indefinitely. So we'll, we'll see you never. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what, the, what happened. They kept having to backtrack and backtrack and backtrack. So I see them having to go back over their word here for sure. I think it's one of these things where the numbers will speak for themselves. So if, if HBO Max's subscriber count just explodes this year, there's just no way they're going to be able to go back and have this shareholder support. There's just no way. Um, yeah. and, and now they've struck an official deal, so they'll have to figure out the details of that. But I, I'm in the same boat with you. I, I'd like to believe that it goes back. And, and, and sort of the reason that theaters have been, you know, safe from you know this sort of behavior in the past is that they have these deals and they have these they have leverage the theaters do they're like you know they work with associations like the the academy of arts and sciences to make sure that you know movies aren't eligible unless they're shown in the theater and you know there is this collective arts community that has backed the theaters until now um 
And it's been strong, uh, admittedly probably stronger than I thought it would be, and it's held up mm-hmm. to a ton of pressure. But that that pressure is going to continue to mount. And, and if if Disney feels like they're having success with their straight to streaming stuff, you know they've done the Pixar movie straight to streaming so far, and they've done a, a couple of like uh, Disney Plus premiere access things. And if HBO subscriber count goes up, that pressure is going to be too much to bear, mm-hmm. and something's going to have to give. So um, that may be. Uh, HBO Warner, I mean Warner's uh, intent right now. But to your point, I think that it's uh, written in sand and not <laughs> in stone. So <laughs> I like that. We'll see like what happens. Just brush it like no, it was never here. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's all we got for news. So let's pop it up with your permission, of course, Kirk. <clears throat> One last time. Wait. Hold. Wait. Wait. My watch died earlier. There's nothing. <laughs> There's there. nothing on your wrist. Great. <laughs> you may pop it. Up. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore Podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn4breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Popcorn.